Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Thanks, you guys. How many times? I just want to see again. How many first-time visitors? Just wave. Wow! Welcome, you guys. We honor you. Thank you for being here. It's awesome. We encourage you guys come a few times, date us, see if you're home. God has family for you in Orange County, and uh, there's lots of amazing houses of worship all over the place, lots of places that are worshiping Jesus Sunday mornings and the rest of the week, but we'd be delighted for, to do the journey with you, so keep coming, keep checking things out. Jonathan, I want you to share that testimony from this week, because you guys were out. That was really cool. Come on up here. Could you guys give Jonathan a clap? He's just going to share a testimony of uh, healing. Uh, so yesterday night, we were evangelizing at, and we were just at, I think it was uh, Long Beach or Huntington Beach, and there was this older lady, and, and they were asking us to pray for her, for her, you know, and I was just really, like, kind of scared, but I felt the Spirit of God tell me, you know, let's, let's just pray for her, and we just began to pray for her, and she, be, and she started to say, what did you guys do to me, and I was like, what do you mean? She was like, I feel, I feel good, like, my back, my back feels good, and I was like, okay, do you want to stand up? And she was like, yeah, yeah. And she was on a wheelchair. And so I was holding her hands. And she began to, like, stand up. And we were all shocked. And she, went, she says, you know, I used to be a dancer. I was like, okay. And she says, let me dance. I was like, okay. You know, I was, I was like, all right. I was trying to, like, you know, I didn't want her to fall. But she was, like, like shaking. And it was, it was amazing. I, I've never seen anything like that. You know what I'm saying? And so, and then after that, we saw this, this homeless guy. And... I just felt like the heart for him, and I called uh, me and uh, a buddy of mine whose name is Steve, and we just went over there, and we were just ministering to him, and he was like a drug addict and all this stuff, but like, I just saw the spirit of God on him, and we began to pray for him, and a friend of ours named Andrew, he had a coin, a silver coin, and God kept telling him, bring it, bring it on Saturdays when you minister to people, bring it, and then all of a sudden, God told him, give it to that guy, and he began to give him that word and say, he said, um, what did he say? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, he said that you're silver, you are silver. God sees you like this. And I feel like, and he was, he was declaring that over him and saying, this is who you are. You are silver, you are pure, and you will step into this, and you are an evangelist. And it was amazing. And so five minutes later, we were talking, I was getting ready to leave, and the same homeless guy has his backpack, and he looks at me, he's like, hey man, what size shoes you wear? And I was kind of scared, I was like, uh, I wear 11s. And he's like, okay, give me one second. He goes to his backpack, brings out these red shoes, and he says, God told me to give this to you, here. And I've been needing shoes, and these are the shoes right here. <laughs> and so, and that's it. God bless you guys. Stay here for just a sec. Taylor, give Jesus a shout. That's an amazing testimony. Um, where's Stephen? Stephen, come on up here for two. Um, I want to have you guys pray for everyone here. I just love, you, you guys just felt led to go to the pier just to pray for people? Actually, we have a thing um, every Saturday at 6 p.m. We meet up at Newport Beach Pier. Everybody's more than welcome to join us. We have uh, people from every different church coming out there. We do worship right there at the pier. We have people doing flags, painting, whatever you want to do. Also, on top of that, we're ministering and loving on the people, and it's just an amazing time. People are just drawn to it. We're changing the atmosphere out there with the glory of God, and it's just its beautiful. It's, it's crazy how, how wonderful it is. The lady that we prayed for was 95 years old. Yeah, so God, God heals anybody and everybody. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I want to have, 
who here wants to be bold in their faith? Like you just really wanna step out and just share, honestly, when I say bold in your faith, just bold in love. I, I, I mean, little old lady sharing love with her. She gets out of her wheelchair and starts to dance. That's good news, that's the gospel. So um, one of you guys, if, if you want that, just stand to your feet, I'm gonna have him pray for you. Go for it, just stand to your feet if you want. So, yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm more better on one-on-one, -on -one, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, right now I just, I just release and declare boldness over the congregation in Jesus' name right now. Holy Spirit, just come right now and touch everybody right now. Just break through their hearts, break through those fears. Right now, fear must go in Jesus' name. Any anxiety when it comes to talking or stepping out must go right now in Jesus' name. And, and all, all, all the power and glory comes from the Holy Spirit. When you open your mouth, he will fill your mouth in Jesus' name to speak to all that you encounter every day, everywhere you go. For we are, we are, we are called to, to, to tell everyone about God. And I just, I just, I just bless everybody right now in Jesus' name, everyone. Thanks, guys. That was awesome. That was awesome. Ashby, I love that your birthday's Wednesday and you told everybody. That's awesome. Um, oh, I, I have to do this. Um, this is super random. Does someone right over here have, like, migraine headaches? You get migraine headaches a lot. Does that make sense to you? Um, just put your hand up if that's you. We're gonna pray for you. God's gonna heal you completely right now. Does that make sense to somebody? You get migraine headaches? Okay, is that you, hon? Is there anyone else? Just wanna see. All right, if you're around them, just put your hands on their shoulders or maybe act like there's a crown on their head that shouldn't be there. Um, just felt like God wanted to heal people from chronic migraine headaches right now. In Jesus' name, we curse these headaches. We command them to flee right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, never to come again. We release healing and health over these. Thank you, Father. Thank you, King Jesus. Amen. How many of you, just while we were praying, you could feel God's presence touching you, feel something happening? About half the time people feel stuff, sometimes they don't. Thank you, Father. That's awesome. I see those hands. Thank you, Father. That's awesome. God's doing stuff. Let us know over time because uh, God wants to really do something with that. Um, I... I Ashby, your sister told me you had friends from work that came. I don't know where they are. I felt like God wanted to do something for, for them. Does one of you guys have a knee problem too or something like that? Does that make sense to one of you guys? Is that you, bro? I don't know you from Adam. I don't know you. All I knew was Nicole said, hey, my sister's coworkers are at church today. God's healing your knee right now in the chair where you are, bro. I don't know you from Adam. What's your name? Soren? That's a cool name. We just bless your knee in Jesus' name. We just command all the knee pain to go. I don't know which one it is, but I'm feeling something in my left knee, like an electricity behind my left knee. Which knee is it? It's your right knee? Okay, well, maybe I got it backwards from the angle. But um, I just felt God's presence. Is there a way for you to check your knee and tell if something was different? Just move it right now. Just, the Lord's already done something for you. You're good? Did it normally hurt? It's walking downstairs. Okay, well, check, check at the end of the service and let us know, okay, bro? Because I don't make it embarrassing for everybody. But dude, just so you know, God knows you. Like, he literally wouldn't let me talk until we talked to you like that. So God's really real. God's really, like, God's really here, guys. Like, God's not just here with the pastors or the preachers or with Jonathan. How, are you 16 now or are you still 15? 
couple weeks. 15 years old. Like, God's not just with the 15-year-olds. He's with all of us. I just love, I love that testimony. Um, John came with us to Mexico City, was preaching and prophesied up a storm, preached to hundreds of people in services, saw crazy miracles. My favorite thing that I saw was the first thing. When we saw that woman, she had a broken nose. She was just sitting on, on like a curb, like around like a little thing of a building. And John just walked towards her with compassion. And he just like started crying. He just felt God's love for this woman. He started to speak over, he gave her a hug. All of the pain from her broken nose completely left. Like God's really faithful. God wants to move through all of us in supernatural ways. He wants to move through all of us in ways that astound the world, that literally say, truly God is among you. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 14. It says that people will come into the meeting, you know, in a nightclub or at a restaurant or wherever. Wherever God's people are gathered, they're gonna come in and they're gonna literally have the secrets of their heart revealed And people are gonna say, surely God is among you. And they're gonna fall on their face and worship God. God wants people to know how real he is. I love the story that you shared, Nicole, about people just knocking on your door. You know, it's easy to talk to people about Jesus when he's so real to you. When you see what he's done with your life, when you see that you've been just emancipated, set free from brokenness, from bondage, from the things of the past, it's so easy to talk to about him. Um, you know, Michael shared his testimony and just how God met him. I was in uh, Palm Springs last week, and I got to go out there and just kind of share the gospel on a Wednesday night to a church youth group, and they invited people from the church. And Holy Spirit showed up in such a beautiful way. Uh, these kids were being overwhelmed by God's presence. Some of them were just, you know, falling on the ground, weeping in worship. Other ones were, were falling to the side or falling backwards. Kids were actually laughing hysterically in God's joy for 20, 30 minutes at a time, getting set free of bondages. You know, a lot of them had never experienced this stuff before. They'd never seen it before. They had maybe, you know, seen a YouTube video and made fun of it or whatever. And it was literally funny because they were laughing at their friends as their friends were being overwhelmed by the Spirit of God, but then they were becoming overwhelmed by God's presence as well. In his presence, his fullness of joy and his right hand pleasures forevermore, Psalm 1611. It says that, uh, Peter quotes that next chapter two. He says that God's presence brings joy. You wonder why people are dancing up here during worship. You wonder people shouting. Because they've been set free from bondage. They've been set free. They realize that Jesus is alive. He's not just a figment of their imagination. He's not just some historical figure. He's literally alive and he's well. And to many people in this room, he's appeared to you. He's shown himself so real. I feel like in this season, God's gonna show himself even more real to all of us that are gathered here and to many more all over Orange County. God wants to show himself real. Um, While I was out there, I got to kind of go by this canyon um, where a young man in the 60s went kind of like Michael with his testimony, went up in this canyon, and literally this kind of a weird story. I'm just going to share it because it's, it's pertinent to you. It's pertinent to what God's doing in our day. He, uh, he basically was, you know, he had been trying to go on trips, trying to find God, had done drugs, all these different things. So he goes up in this canyon, and I don't endorse this, by the way. I, I, this is actually not legal. He took off all of his clothes and started screaming, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. He was trying to let go of the things that encapsulated him. He'd been modeled different types of new age and different things and weird stuff, but he just literally was just seeking with his heart the only way he knew how. So I don't recommend you do that, but... Uh, you know, God, God met him anyway. You know, God meets us in the midst of our darkness, in the midst of our confusion. God met me with a beer in the Bible when I was 19 years old, reading the Bible with a beer. God meets us in the midst of our darkness. I don't do that today. It's okay. Don't worry about me. God meets us in the midst of our confusion, and he brings us to faith. So this young guy's up there in this canyon. It's, 
I don't even know how to pronounce it. I say Takits, it's like Takits Canyons. It's like a Native American name. It's out there in Palm Springs. He's up there and he's crying out. All of a sudden, the entire atmosphere of this canyon changed. It became electric with the presence of God. And he said he started to feel fearful. He started to feel like, oh, this is, you're, you're real. Like this, you're, you answered me. Like, oh my gosh, this is scary. And Holy Spirit spoke to him and started showing him visions of him baptizing people at the beaches of Southern California. And um, he, you know, God called him and just said, hey, you're, you're called. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use you like John the Baptist to turn a generation towards my face. And um, you know, he didn't know any of this stuff. He just basically had an encounter with God. So he started going around and preaching. He showed up here hitchhiking through Costa Mesa and a young man picked him up, um, Chuck Smith Jr., and brought him to his father, Chuck Smith of Calvary Chapel. Um, he became the youth pastor at Calvary Chapel. The church grew from about 200 or about 180 to 200 people to a few thousand within a couple years. And the Jesus movement started. This young man was on the cover of Time Magazine and Life Magazine as the face of the Jesus movement. He was a hippie, he was a reject of society, but God takes those that feel rejected, God takes those that feel alone, God takes those that feel neglected, and he brings them home, and he emancipates them in the love of the Son, and he brings them and clothes them with glory, and he sets them on high. He seats them in heavenly places. She's got, I didn't know you brought that. Why'd you bring that book? So that's the book about the guy, if you want to buy the book. That's really weird. Anyway, not by might nor by power. You know, the story of this guy in that book is the story of all of us. Confused, broken, lost, longing, looking for love in all the wrong places. But God, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, literally wouldn't experience death anymore but would have eternal life. Go with me to John chapter one. I'm preaching a different sermon than last, last service. I like to do that. It's more fun for me. I learn when I preach. If you're inspired by people that minister, recognize it's because God's calling you to minister too, whatever that looks like. If you're inspired by the power of God through people's lives, recognize that it's for you too. It's for everyone. It's for all people to have fun. We get to have fun with God. Jesus comes on the scene, and this is the beginning of the announcement. This is the beginning where John, his beloved disciple, I love John the disciple. He usually call, he calls himself the beloved. Everywhere he goes, he announces in, in Scripture, in his gospel, he says, and the disciple whom Jesus loved. He names himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loves. Now, if you're sitting there and you're like, man, I'm not a disciple, today's your day to become one, okay? Today's your day to follow Jesus. So he writes these words. He says in John 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to being by him. Without him, nothing has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness couldn't overcome it. I love Reagan was singing this morning. She was singing that song by herself before she ever sung it on stage. That'll preach right there. You know, I'm just gonna say this. It's kind of a side message, but 
Many of us in this generation are longing for fame, we're longing for fortune, we're longing for recognition. If you would just give yourself to the gospel, the gospel is famous. You don't need fame, you don't need fortune, you just need Jesus. He satisfies the longing of your heart for recognition. He satisfies the longing of your heart. And when you become like a little child and simply just worship and praise, the Father puts you on stage, whatever stage that would be. This is not the stage that I want you on. God wants to put you on the stages of life out there, the stages of life of the Newport Beach Pier at 6 p.m. on Saturday nights, the stages of life all over culture, that culture would experience the love of God in Christ Jesus. God is into transforming culture. You know, I really believe that the beauty and all the amazing things that we see in Orange County, the goodness that you see of God in Orange County is literally fruit of the Jesus movement and fruit of Christianity's presence in this, in this region. I believe in the same way that the beauty of America that we see, and I realize you could sit here and say America's got lots of issues. Yes, so do many of the people in America. You know, if, if, if we wanna get rid of the issues with society, we have to get rid of people. <laughs> You know, many of us, we say, well, God's in control. No, God is not in control. If God was in control, he might have to get rid of us. God is not in control. Just because things happen doesn't mean it's God's will. You know, we had a bunch of fires here in Orange County. We prayed for them last service. I believe God did something. I'm not gonna pray for it again. I, I don't have to pray again. I believe God did something. But here's the thing. That's not God's heart, and that's not God's will. If you would see the will of God is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You wouldn't stand for things that don't line up for his will. You would release the kingdom everywhere you go. People would be saved, healed, and delivered, and culture would be transformed by the love of God. The word of God was made flesh and walked among us. This word logos literally means the eternal, that which is beyond knowing. I wanna, I wanna, make a conjecture to you guys. I believe the Logos is love, God is love. Literally, love existed before everyone in this room knew that they had breath in them. And God had a dream, love had a dream, and love wrapped skin around it, and love created you. Doesn't matter where you were born, what your family circumstances were, yes, those things matter, they are important, but they don't define you, God's love defines you. Literally, God had a dream and he wrapped skin around it. That dream is you. You know, some of us in this room, maybe we're dealing with things like depression or even suicidal thoughts. I wanna tell you something, those thoughts aren't even you. Those thoughts are from an inferior being who's afraid of you knowing who you are, who's afraid of you recognizing that you have been cherished, that you have been bought with a price. My wife and I just went to France. We went into the Louvre. We saw these paintings that are priceless. They're worth millions and millions of dollars. How do you value something that is priceless? You value it by how much someone's willing to pay for it. How much was paid for you and I? Jesus Christ on the cross. God so loved the world that he gave. He clothed himself in skin and walked among us. Let's read a little more because this is good stuff. And it was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness could not comprehend it. Literally, it means the darkness couldn't stop it. No darkness in your life can stop the light of God in Christ Jesus. 
No darkness in your life can stop the light of God in Christ Jesus. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for witness that he might bear witness of the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came that he might bear witness of the light. Sometimes you start to see God move supernaturally through your life, and you start to think it's something that you did to get him there. No, he came there before you wanted him there, and he wants to move through you more than you want him to move through you. He wants to transform schools. He wants to transform businesses. He wants to transform every facet of society around us with his love. God's not interested in preachers being anointed. He's interested in his bride being anointed. I watched last week, we were at this little meeting with the the youth, and I I said, if you've never maybe experienced calling out a word of healing for someone, like God speaking to you about someone else's need that you don't naturally know, only by supernatural knowledge you could know it, uh, raise your hand. You know, most of the room raise their hand. They've never prayed for people. I said, the first three people up here, I want you to, I want you, God's going to speak through you. He's going to heal people through you. Of course, more than three come because they're hungry. Three, four, five people come up. They start calling out conditions. They say, God's healing knee problems. Every single person that stood with a knee problem in the meeting was healed. One young man, he had this thing called Oshwin Schlatter's disease. I know what it was because I used to have it. Praise God. God's a healer. He, uh, he felt these bumps disappear off his knees. Another young girl, her legs stretched out in someone else's hands. Miracles started happening all over the room as these young people recognized that God was in their midst. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's in my midst. I just feel like God wants to do something right now. Why don't you put your hands on somebody's shoulder around you? I just want you to pray for more. Just pray for more. Pray for revelation. These young men, they prayed for boldness. That's a legal prayer. In Acts 4, they prayed for boldness. And it says the house that they were in was shaken. Yeah, we just pray for more, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Somebody uh, over in this section, your back's being healed right now. A woman, your back's being healed. Jesus loves you. Just move your back around. God's touched you. Thank you, Lord. Something with breathing is being healed right now. Thank you, Lord. God, we love you. Verse nine, there was the true light. You guys can keep praying. I don't mind if you do that. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every person. Some of us, we, we've been taught things like, you know, God is judging America right now. God is, God is creating calamities. God's made these hurricanes to teach people a lesson. You know, if God wanted to teach people a lesson, he could easily wipe out cities. God is not creating these calamities. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that literally it doesn't enter into God's mind calamity for people. He says, I have a plan for you for a future and a hope, not for calamity. Literally, it says in God's imagination, there is no calamity. In God's imagination, there is only life, there is only healing. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundant. You see, if we would recognize that a lot of these things aren't the will of God, we would go out and change them. I have a friend, I have a couple friends, and they change the weather all the time just for fun. You might not believe me, but I could show you proof. I could show you examples. They change it all the time just for fun. I have somebody I know, they, uh, they love to surf, 
and they were traveling to a city. And in this city, there's a surf break that only breaks once every 10 years or so. So this person prayed. They said, God, I want to surf that surf break while I'm in that town. I'm only there for a week. I want to surf that surf break. They said, in Jesus' name, we just command a sandbar to form. We command these different things. They surfed that surf break that week they were home. Now, if people could change the weather for fun, and if Jesus changed the weather just to be an example of God's power, what would happen if we actually recognize that we have authority over storms, that we could actually still them? You see, the reason why calamity is allowed in the world is because we, as believers in Christ Jesus, allow it. Why are children starving in Africa? Because we, as believers, aren't feeding them. Why are people growing up with sicknesses and diseases in their life? It's because we are not bringing the gospel, the good news, and the power of God of healing to them. The gospel is anointed, and the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, unto wholeness to all who would believe. If we would preach who Jesus is, we would see who Jesus is, and whole cities would get saved. Salvation starts in the heart, but salvation transforms entire culture. What does it look like when Orange County, Costa Mesa, some people here, they drive from San Diego, you drive from L.A. What would it look like if heaven touched down in L.A.? If heaven touched down in Orange County, if heaven touched down in San Diego, people would drive in and all their sicknesses would just be healed. People would drive in and all their mental torment would go away. You see, this isn't just God's dream for, you know, a Sunday morning gathering. This is God's dream for entire regions. And we get to dream with him what that looks like. Preaching like three messages at the same time. That's what I do all the time. I like it. There was the true light, verse 9, coming into the world, which enlightens every man. Whether you realize it or not, God's light has been shining on you since the moment you were created in him. God's light is what preserves you. It literally says, in him we live and move and have our being. God's presence has been active in your life, your entire life, whether you realize it or not. Now you would say, but Chris, I've had these bad things happen to me. Well, that's because you're in the world. You were born into a war, but Christ has overcome the world. When you turn to him, the things of the world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. First time I heard that song, I'm supposed to share this because I want to stretch you guys. I want, I want to go on a journey together with you guys. I want to go on a supernatural journey with you guys where heaven's really normal, where Jesus is really normal. Like Jesus is not just a figment of the imagination. He's real. He's real by the fruit of transformed lives, but he literally promised he would appear to you. The first time I heard that song, you know that song, The Light of His Glory and Grace? You ever heard that song? Turn your eyes unto Jesus, look full into his wonderful face, the things of earth would go strangely dim. I woke up in the middle of the night to a, to a supernatural being singing that in my room. That was the first time I ever heard that song. That's normal life in God. Maybe you'd be like, I've never experienced that. Well, I just told you a testimony, so that means that God's coming to your house with visitation. Like, God wants to move in supernatural ways through all of his kids. He wants this stuff to be so normal. I was reading a testimony this week of these evangelists. They went to India. They went there as missionaries to preach the gospel. They had no effect on the local religious culture because the people were like, 
No, 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 Jesus isn't the son of God. No, 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 that's not what our book says. And they took the books out, kind of like Nicole. They took the books out, and they started arguing books. And these missionaries realized that they, they didn't have an argument. They came back to America. They're like, we failed. So they just started to pray, and they said, God, you have to teach us what is it that people need. So they begin to pray. They heard a speaker speak at a church and said, if Jesus shows up to you, when you see Jesus, everything will change. So they began to pray. They went home one night. They woke up in the morning, and Jesus was standing in their room. That man spent the entire day on the floor weeping. He actually said, he said, I wasn't weeping. It was like uncontrollable, just water flowing out of my eyes. He spent the entire day there. When he got up, his wife looked at him and said, I'm married to a different person. He went to another meeting. He saw miracles happen. He saw miracles happen through a normal person, a guy that wasn't hyped, that wasn't even a great speaker. He prayed for a little girl that was born deaf and mute. He said, in the name of Jesus, we command this spirit to leave. Be made whole, little girl, in Jesus' name. Took his hands off the little girl, and the little girl heard and spoke for the first time in her life. The man, the missionary, heard a thousand voices echoing over his head. The voices said, you can do it too. So he took that and he just started going with the gospel. The gospel has movement. The gospel brought Jesus from heaven to earth. The gospel brought Jesus from heaven to earth and from heaven to your heart. That you would know the power and the love of God. That God is not soft on some other planet somewhere uninterested in your life. That God clothed himself with skin. That Father, Son, and Spirit were intimately acquainted and clothed themselves in skin and walked among us. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, you forgive them. They know not what they're doing. Father wasn't off somewhere in outer space looking the other way. He was there in the eyes of the Son saying, yes, Son, announce to them, I'm willing to suffer for them. I'm willing to go through pain for them. I'm willing to go through every type of anguish for them that they would know their eternal value. This is good stuff. God didn't need to be convinced to love you. He loved you from the beginning. He came to his own, but those who were his own did not receive him. How many of us were, are, can be included in that? For how many years did we reject? For how many years did we turn away? But God, but as many as received them, he gave to the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of the will of man, nor the will of the flesh, but of God. And the word the love of God, the Logos became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. feel the Holy Spirit saying he wants to touch people, so I'm going to read a couple more verses, but as I do, I feel his presence just moving around the room. Here's the reality. Um, Jesus bore your sickness. He bore your disease. He bore your infirmity. He bore your grief. He bore your sorrows. He bore your depression. He bore your anxiety. He bore your pain. He bore everything that you feel disqualifies you from love. He bore it on the cross. And right now in this moment, the Holy Spirit wants to make Jesus real to many of us in this room. 
And I feel his presence moving around the room. Some of you are gonna feel right now things you've never felt before. You're gonna feel just the warmth of God in your heart. You're gonna feel power come on you. Maybe you're gonna feel tears stream. Maybe you're gonna feel joy. I, I'm not gonna put a label on what you have to feel, but I just as I read these following verses, God's love is gonna touch you. You were not born because two people had a passionate night. You were born because God had a dream and wrapped skin around it. You were born because God had a plan. And his plan was to destroy darkness through light. And his plan was for you to know how beautiful you are in the light. Okay. If you're able to go to Romans 6, I'm just going to read these verses. I feel the presence of God so strong right now. God, we love you. All over the room right now, I even curse. I curse diseases. I command that blood disease to be healed. I command that kidney disease to be healed. I command those eye problems, those floaters in the eyes just disappeared. The breathing problems are gone. The fear, the anxiety, young woman, you are free. You are free, you are free. I'm not gonna have you raise your hand, but I kept feeling this sense of somebody went through something about six years ago, seven years ago, someone did something to you, it was really gnarly. You've been having anxiety and gnarly dreams ever since then. Jesus liberates you right now. God, we bless what you're doing. Romans chapter six, verse one. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in dysfunction that grace may increase? The church has taught for too long that you have to live with dysfunction in your life. You know, if you have to wait till you die to be freed from sin, then Jesus Christ isn't your savior, death is. I'm gonna say it again because you didn't catch it. If you have to wait till you die to be free from dysfunction, then Jesus Christ isn't your savior, death is. You say, well, it's just the flesh, Chris. I just have to give in to these issues, you know? I was born with these issues in my life. I was born with these temptations, you know? I was just born with a temptation for lust. I was just born with this attraction towards these people. I was just born with these different things. Yeah, you might have been born that way, but you get to be born again. You get to be set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. You get to be liberated by the power of the gospel. The gospel is not a self-help message. The gospel is a surrender message, to surrender to the love of God in Christ Jesus, to surrender to what he has accomplished on the cross. If you're here and you're still dealing with stuff, ask someone to pray for you. Confess sin to people. Be like, hey, I got these things in my life. I have these things going on. You know, God comes and says things to you that are true. The devil comes to say things to you that are not true. You get to make up your mind what's true. The word is what's true. If you want identity, go to the word. Go to scripture. Begin to speak it over your life. A young man came to me a couple weeks ago. He's a member of this community. He told me I was suicidal. I was depressed. I tried to take my life multiple times because I had seen things when I was a kid. And a pastor told me, he gave me a sheet of words and he said, speak these words over your life and you'll be made whole. He spoke the words over his life, the truth of the gospel, and he's never dealt with those issues ever since. He didn't go through years of counseling. He didn't go through years of deliverance. He simply believed the word of truth, the gospel, and he was set free. God wants to do with you. What shall we say then? Are we continuing in sin that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin live in it? You died to dysfunction when you were crucified with Christ. You don't have to do something to get crucified with Christ. You simply need to recognize what God did for you and in you before you were ever born. He accomplished the work. He, cru you see, oh, I'm getting fired up right now. If you get finished before I do, feel free. You can go. If you need to grab your kids, go. This is good news. You see, 
There's this story in the Old Testament. Abraham's commanded to circumcise his sons. He has two sons, one born by the will of the flesh, Ishmael, one born by self-effort, and one born by promise, Isaac. The name Isaac means laughter, means joy. He was commanded to circumcise them. Ouch, right? Ishmael was like 30-something years old when he was circumcised. Ouch. But Isaac was a little baby. He was circumcised when he didn't even know what it felt like. You have been circumcised with a circumcision not made with human hands. Literally, the removal of the flesh, the removal of your old life, the removal of sin. Christ Jesus crucified you on the cross. The Father united you with Christ on the cross in a mystical union and separated you from the breast you, separated you from in pain you, separated you from the abused you. If you're thinking, well, I'm in abuse. I was abused, Chris. I had these bad things. Everyone in this room was abused in one way or another by the world. You have been liberated by the gospel. If you're still living in dysfunction, if you're still living in depression, you don't have to live that way anymore. If you don't know who you are, maybe you're like, Chris, I have these same-sex attractions. I have these issues in my life. I feel attracted to people, and I don't know that I should be. You know what? The world says it's okay. The gospel doesn't say it's okay the gospel said he made you a special way. He made you in a way that's beyond what you could recognize. You know, I was born with issues in my life towards sin. (laughs) I was born with issues in my life towards adultery. I was born with issues in my life towards lust. I was born with issues in my life towards depression. I was told when I was 19, no, I was 16 years old, the reason why you feel rejected is because you're gay. I was told these lies, but they're not true. They're not true. I say these things, and I don't care if they offend you. I love you enough to offend the hell out of your life. God wants to touch you in a way that is beyond what the world has told you. You might, I have these feelings, Chris. You know, if you live by your feelings, they will take you down a road you do not want to go. But if you live by what God says about you, your feelings will begin to change. My family lived with depression. My grandma committed suicide when I was seven years old while we were living with her. There are issues that come from your family line that Christ has destroyed by his gospel. Like God wants to touch your life in a way that is so profound, that is so renewing, that everything of your old life disappears. All you have to do is give him permission. I gave him permission. Many people gave him permission. He's still showing us who he is. Last verses and I'm landing the plane. All of you who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. Does Jesus struggle with sin anymore? Just because you have feelings doesn't mean they define you. Don't let your feelings drive you. Drive your feelings to look like heaven. If we are united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we are also in his resurrection. It doesn't say will be. It actually says are. You have been brought into a new life in Christ, a life filled with purpose, a life filled with identity. Just put your hand on your heart. Say, Jesus, I want to know what this is like. Someone here that you've been battling with the, the issue of same-sex attraction for a while, and you're like, this is, maybe this is just me. Right now, God is actually lifting that spirit from you. He's literally releasing life to you right now. He's showing you something new. 
The reason why those kinds of things are an issue is because they come to destroy family. God had a design. He had a purpose. He literally created you in Christ Jesus for good works, for freedom, for wholeness. I know for, for, for many of us in my generation, this sounds offensive. But God is so patient. He's so kind. He's not looking with condemnation. He's not saying you're evil. There's something wrong with you. He's literally saying there's something right with you and you haven't seen it yet. But I just bless everyone here in Jesus' name. If you're here, and, uh, and Nicole did this earlier, but I'm gonna do it again. If you're here and you've never received him, you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never said, God, I wanna follow you. I wanna know what you're like. I'm seeing these things. I'm hearing these stories. And they seem far-fetched, but if this could even be true, if you could be real like this, I wanna know what that's like. It says to as many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God. It says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus truly is Lord, that literally he is the king, he literally is the, the one. He is God made manifest in the flesh. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be made whole. Jesus said, if you confess me before people, I'll confess you before my Father. If you're here today and you've never made a public confession of Christ, you've never said, God, I wanna follow you. I wanna know what you're like. Jesus, you bled, you died for me. You were crucified on the cross that I could be free, that I could be cleansed of all brokenness, cleansed of my past, cleansed for a bright future. If you're here today and that's you, you've never given your life to Jesus, I want you to be bold right now. He was bold when he hung on the cross for you. I want you to put your hand up anywhere in this room. If that's you, just put your hand up. I wanna see anywhere in this room. I'm just gonna give a moment. I know there's people here that have never given their lives to the Lord. Just put your hand up. We're gonna pray for you where you're at. I'm not gonna ask you to come forward. i the people around you pray for you. Is there anyone here? I know there's people here. Who here? Put your hand up. I want you to be bold right now. I want you to step past the cage of fear and step into the light of God in Christ Jesus. He said, if you confess me before people, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. Now is the time. You don't know if you have another day here on this earth. You don't know if you have another, another moment. Now is the time. Just put your hand up wherever you are. I just wanna see. I'm just gonna give it another moment. Anywhere in this room. Anywhere in this room, just put your hand up. I just wanna pray for you. I just wanna pray for you. You don't have to know all the answers. I didn't know all the answers when I gave my life to Christ. I just said, God, you know what? I don't have all the answers, but I know you do. If you're here today and you're like, I wanna begin this. I'm not looking to embarrass people. I'm literally looking. God wants to just meet you right now. Anywhere in this room. I'm just gonna wait just another moment. Just pray with me all, the, all around the room in just a moment because I just, I just know that there's something. So, there's a young man and God's speaking to you right now. You can come up to me at the end of the service. That's enough. But I, I just, I feel that I know there's people here. God, we just bless what you're doing. God, we thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.